Hi everyone, this is Kathy Watson, the original Shouty Mum, founder of the Shouty Mums Club, and welcome to the Shouty Mums Club's podcast. Hello and welcome to today's episode. The Shouty Mums Club's guide to conscious parenting and why it isn't wanky. So, (laughs) one of my good friends, she um, never liked any of the baby classes and she affectionately called them the wanky baby classes. It really made me laugh. (laughs) Yeah, so when I was thinking of a good title, I, I thought, yeah, conscious parenting, it does sound pretty wanky. It does sound really airy-fairy, hippie, new age, snowflakey, let your kids get away with everything, never say no, always say yes, the child's running the show. And that's not what I take conscious parenting to be. I wanted to talk to you about it today so that you could get a good feel for what the essence of conscious parenting is. So for me, conscious parenting as I said, it isn't about letting my kids do whatever the fuck they want whenever they want to do it. It isn't about saying yes to everything. It isn't about not disciplining them. For me, conscious parenting is being curious as to why my kid is acting like a little fucker. Like, what is going on? Why is she kicking off so spectacularly over this seemingly like nothingness thing that's going on what is going on there and when I give myself that that space that pause you know I talk about the power in the pools and there is power in your pools so instead of just reacting like fucking stop it stop crying what are you going on about I, I give myself that pause to go right okay what is going on here and no matter what is going on I make sure that I validate my child's feelings which has taken a lot of practice and requires some commitment and it has caused some disagreements and arguments with my husband and other people over this because I'm going to get controversial here, so brace yourselves. But kids are not naughty. My kids are not naughty. But my kids have big feelings and they have emotional reactions. But that doesn't make them naughty. Having a big crying, screaming meltdown doesn't make them naughty. It can be a challenge and it will fucking happen at the most inconvenient times possible. I've experienced two this week and I'm still feeling a little traumatised by it, let me tell you. But they weren't naughty for expressing themselves, expressing the injustice of me saying, no, you're not having a biscuit this close to bedtime. Or no, telly's going off now, it's bedtime. Like They're allowed to be disappointed. They're allowed to feel grievance in some way. And I can validate that and say, I know, Donny, you don't want to go to bed yet. You were really enjoying watching that program. I know you really wanted to biscuit, but it's bedtime now, darling. You can have one after your breakfast in the morning, but there's no, bis- there's no biscuits this close to bedtime. Whatever it is, but the point I'm trying to make is that they're allowed to feel what they feel. There's nothing wrong with that. I want to be 
conscious of what they are feeling and I don't want to suppress that I don't want to take that feeling away from them I want them to feel all their feelings I've spoken about this before but it's really important for me to hold space for my children to feel everything they need to feel and as I said I don't think that's it's not naughty like we used to use the naughty step for a lot of things like go on the naughty step and I've you know, again, had a difficult conversation with my husband. I don't want to call it a naughty step anymore. We sometimes call it a thinking step and I use it really rarely now because what I found is when I can validate my child, when I can say, I see that you're upset. I see that you're disappointed. I know you really wanted to do blah, blah, blah. I can see that. And I'm really sorry that you're not getting to do that. But we have to go to bed now. We're going to school now. We have to brush our teeth now. It doesn't change what's happening, but it allows her to be seen. It allows me to see her. It allows me to say, I see you. I feel you. I understand, darling. It doesn't stop the tantrum, but nor does putting them on a naughty step, nor does sending them to their bedroom, nor than telling them to, to stop crying. I don't want to stop the tantrum. You know, I don't want to tantrum every five minutes. But what I've also noticed is that my children tantrum less when they feel like they can talk to me about what they want and feel like I'm going to hear them when they say, Mummy, I really want to do this. I listen to that. They really want to do something. It's important to them. You know, consciously trying to be present, to hear what they want. You know, we're all busy. Life is fucking frantic. But in those moments when we can hear what they are trying to say to us, and I think this is really important, like, mummy, come and do this, mummy, come and do that. Children spell love as T-I-M-E. They want your time. That is how they feel loved. You spending time with them. And again, we don't have time to spend time. But when we have those moments of pure validation, of being able to see them exactly as they are and not try and change them, not try and change what's happening or shame them or whatever. Yes, it is fucking inconvenient. Yes, it is like another fucking, oh my God, again? Oh my God. In those beautiful little moments when they look in your eyes and they see that you get them, that is love. That is pure, unconditional love. And it's not spending an hour with them playing their favourite game, which they will love, but it's those little quality moments you know it's not quantity it's quality actually seeing them actually hearing them and often it's not they're not asking you they're not the thing they want they want you just to see them and they often tantrum for you to see them but if you are seeing them and hearing them more often and hearing what they're actually saying to you these injustices which you know we know what they're like, Jesus. But <laughs> when we see them, that just means the world to them. And there might be some of you thinking, actually, this is all bullshit. My kid's naughty. My kid is really naughty. My question to you is, how often are you really seeing them? How often are you really hearing them? Hearing what they're saying within what they're saying. <laughs> Which sounds weird, but what are they actually asking you for? What are they actually asking you for? 
How often are you curious as to why they are losing this shit again? Why they're kicking off again? Or why they're tantruming? Or why they're not sharing? Or why they're doing the things they do even though you've asked them not to? Why are they doing that? They want your attention. They want your love, spelled T-I-M-E. They want your time. They want that connection with you. They want to feel you. They want to feel that you see them. And I know that you do. Just get curious as to why they're being little fuckers. Take into account tiredness, hunger, boredom, and ultimately their connection to you, especially if you're spending time with their sibling or some, you know, you're working too much, whatever it is, or you're doing the washing up, whatever it is, it's just stop, drop, and see them. Stop, drop, and hear them. And I promise you, you're going to see changes in their behavior if they feel seen. That's all we want. That's all we want as humans, as people, is to be seen, heard, validated, and celebrated for who we are, all of who we are, our good and our bad I'm doing bad in inverted commas bunnies whatever they are it's an ebb and a flow like some days I'm the shouty mum when I want to be the conscious mum you know and I'm still worthy of love and in fact I need it more when I'm shouting when I'm losing my shit I need it but I need it for myself I want to be the conscious mum that's always curious that's always holding my inner child that's always you know, putting my own oxygen mask on first before I try and put one on my child. I want to be that mum, but I'm not always. And it is always directly linked to how tired I am, how well I've eaten that day, how hydrated I've been, how much time I've taken for myself, how how hard I've been working, how much play I have in my life. Like, when there's so many jobs to be done... You know, if we start to think about when we lose our shit and why our kids lose their shit, it's, it's the same. It's the same thing, but, you know, we're the grown-up, we're the adult, we're the leaders, we're the role models. It's modelling how we want their emotions to be received because there isn't good or bad emotions, because there isn't negative emotions. They're, they've always been portrayed as too loud, aggressive, angry, as a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with being angry. There's nothing, as I said, your anger is a gift. It's, it's telling you where somebody is crossing your boundaries or when you're saying yes and you need to say no. When you need to go to bed earlier, whatever it is. Okay, and it's the same for them, but they have, you know, so many rules, so many barriers, so many, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. No, we've got to do this now. You know, they are going to get frustrated. They are going to kick off. So would you if you were constantly being told, no, you can't do that. No, we have to do this now. Stop doing that. Start doing this. Listening. Da, da, da. You would feel the same. But there is wiggle room. There is ways in which you can meet your child in the middle where you're not going to spoil them you're not going to damage your children by validating them or seeing them or hearing them it's not possible you know they're just going to feel more love and more acceptance from you which allows them to accept and love themselves because you're showing them how to do that at the core of it we all want to be seen heard and validated and celebrated I'm not shaming my kids anymore for their for their reactions. They are children. Their brains are not fully formed yet. 
I think we all forget that they how young they are and how underdeveloped their brains are we're asking them to control their feelings when I struggle to control my feelings I struggle not to lose my shit like I'm asking them to do something I can't do and I've just turned 40 like what the hell it's but I think we have these expectations and I think we have this need for control that just tends to come before everything and again I've spoken about this before like if I think most kids I don't know many kids that were allowed to experience all their emotions because children should have been seen and not heard or children need to respect their parents or children need to be good and it you know it's really triggering it, it my, my children's tantrums and meltdowns they t- they trigger me they do in that moment I have to hold myself and again practice that pause because in those moments I need to be aware of what's happening for me in those moments I need to I need to be conscious of what where I'm going in those moments and what my expectations are when actually the expectation is at level 100 and the reality is actually level 20 there's a huge difference there of what we expect and what to happen and what we want to happen and what actually is going to happen but we are talking about empathy here empathy for our child what is going on why they're reacting like this are they tired have they eaten enough is there some difficulties at school is it the end of the week is it you know we're in mid-october now you know there's a reason there's a half term coming because their experiences build and build and build and they need that week off to decompress they need that time off so just getting curious of where your child's at yes they can be little fuckers yes they can be absolute fucking rat bags and it can look like naughty but generally it's they're wrestling with with their own feelings inside when I am conscious of where I'm going if I'm conscious of where my fear will take me and where my ego will take me in terms of I want respect to do what I say when I say it how dare you say no to me like stop crying I've had enough of this all those things that we do because we want control we want the respect we want all of it but actually what we end up doing is shaming our children in a way by telling them that their reaction is unacceptable and that in itself can be very damaging in terms of trusting their own reactions to things and experiencing their emotions fully because we have all this toxic positivity where we believe that or we are told to believe that to be happy is is the only thing that matters happiness and you know smile come on stop stop crying now let's do this let's just try and distract them into doing something else and while there's a time and a place for the distraction techniques there is also a place for being curious being the detective figuring out why our kids are reacting the way they are and generally it's not about the thing that's happening it's not about they don't want to share the toy they've got or they don't want to sit down for dinner or they don't want to 
you know, go to bed or go to school. Like I literally had a situation with my four-year-old this week and fuck, did I have to hold my inner child? My God, did I have to hold myself? Because she was massively overstimulated. She was underfed. There was so much going on and the tantrum was so, so explosive. And, you know, in my head I was going, naughty step, This oh, she needs, she needs to be told like you've got to in my head I was reverting back to the ways I used to parent and actually when I gave her this when I allowed her to experience her full tantrum because if I try and intervene with her tantrum as I said it just goes nuclear especially for my child she's very very um hot tempered shall I say but she is so so loving she is so funny and she's so clever and she just she's amazing but if I try and stifle that rage when it when it comes out occasionally if I try and squash that I squash everything else because all of that rage and all of that love come from the same place and so I have to honor her and I have to honor that strong will that she has as hard as it is on those days where you just for fuck's sake I haven't got time for this, I'm busy, I'm exhausted. But it's also remembering what matters. And I said, you know, like, does it matter if we're going to be late for school? I need that, I need to have that connection with her more. There's some days where if she's like that, I I don't even brush her teeth. I'm like, no, I'm not going to have another battle. I'm going to choose my battles and that one, we'll just brush them for a bit longer in the morning not ideal but I have to pick and choose my battles but this week so she had this um there was cinema after the school so it was finished school taken to the school cinema they had a in the in the hall with a big screen and they had sweets and some crisps and a little hot dog thing which was really cute and um her we came out and then my big girl went in for her turn and we had like an hour and a bit to kill and I was going to take her home I'd cook some sausages and bits for her to eat when we got in because I knew she'd be hungry and her little the mum of her little friend said do you want to come back to our house or only around the corner and in my head I went oh, oh I think I should take her home and please mummy please mummy and I thought oh okay we'll be all right we'll be fine and we went had a lovely lovely play and when it was time to leave she did not want to go she didn't want to put her shoes on and she just went nuts she just went absolutely crazy I'm not going, you can't make me, I hate you. And uh, I'm looking at this mum thinking, oh God. But I knew it, I knew it was going to happen. I knew it and I should have taken her home, I should have fed her. I should have said, thank you so much, that'd be so nice, but let's do it another day when she's had, she's not had so many experiences in one day. Because it is an overstimulation. She can only deal with so much, she's four. She's one of the youngest in her, in her year. And, um... Yeah, it's something I have to keep reminding myself. Yeah, so I ended up having to pick her up while she was kicking and screaming me at me and drag her out the house, literally like holding her, for her to wriggle and fight me so much that I keep having to put her down. Because I thought, I can't be late for Harper, I've got to get her. Had, the, had I had more time to, and I didn't have to race to pick up my my big girl, I would have had... I would have, I don't know, I would have let her fully go through her emotion, but I didn't have time. And so I'm trying to 
I'm trying to carry a tornado down the street and she's screaming, take me back, I hate you, take me back. And it was so loud, like there were people coming out of the house to check that I wasn't murdering or stealing her. And I'm going, we have to get your sister, come on, to sort of try and prove that I was her mum. All the while, sort of holding myself and thinking, oh, fuck's sake. Like, but I'm holding myself thinking, she's tired, she's hungry. We knew this, we knew this was going to happen. It's not going to last forever, we're just going to get through it. And, you know, we got around the, got around the corner and she wriggled again got out of my grasp there was an old man walking past who decided to tell me his thoughts on the situation <laughs> thank you so much just what you need um got closer to the school and she was getting louder and louder and just didn't I, I, and the other thing is she doesn't want people to see her when she's like that she herself is in i think her the rage the level of rage she goes to is <laughs> scares her a little bit um I didn't have this with my big girl. My big girl never really tantrumed. She's quite accommodating. She has her moments, don't get me wrong, but she's never tantrumed like this. So, you know what they say, like you, you get you get that full sense of like security, like, yeah, let's have another one. Yeah, we can do this. <laughs> Your second one's like the most willful, wonderful, just, yeah, shock to the system. Yeah, I just really had to hold myself and it was hard. It was hard. I saw another mum and she said, I can, I'll can, i get Harper for you. I'll meet you back here. I was like, oh, thank you so much. Absolute lifesaver. You know, those that village that sometimes shows up. Thank God for her. But Winnie decided to hide in a random person's front garden. Then 10 minutes later, she... Mummy, mummy, mummy. Okay, darling, okay, okay. And she'd gone through it and... and the whole time I didn't try and change it I, I regrettably I had to go and get my daughter and I had to force her but other times if we're at home I let her scream and scream and scream and scream it's there's an analogy about in, being on a train we're all in in our on a train journey and most of the time it's sort of looking out the window at the wonderful countryside and the sunshine and everything else but there are times when we have to go through these tunnels and we have to go through these tunnels but when we start to to intervene and try and stop us from going through the inevitable tunnel we end up stopping the stopping in that tunnel rather than carrying on through to the other side we try and do our best to stop it and it's always going to be get you're always going to get through the tunnel faster when you're able to accept that this is just part of the journey it's part of the experience of going on a train. It's going to happen. So, yeah. Validating our children is is so, so important. Because if we validate our children now, right now, as they're growing, they're not going to be looking for that validation as they grow. They're not going to be looking for someone to understand them and get them and make them think that be you know manipulated by people that don't always have their best interests at heart they're going to use them in some way or they're going to use their that need that desperate need for validation and I'm talking about relationships in friendships and in partnerships and all different places but if we can validate them right now 
and love them exactly as they are and not try and change them, they're not going to go looking for that validation in the wrong places throughout their lives. And that is hard to do, but it's important that we do it. So, and the reason I keep going on about this is because, so as an adult, like I have doubted my emotions and try to suppress them I'm sure you have too at times where you feel like I just have to be happy and I don't feel happy so I just pretend to be happy but inside we're feeling anything but and it makes us feel like there's something wrong with us like you know especially when you're on Facebook or Instagram and you're looking at all this carefully created pictures and perfected photos and airbrushed and it's very hard not to compare yourself to that and think there is something wrong with me they look so happy and you you know we talk about insta versus reality and you don't see what you know all the other the hundred photos that of kids screaming and mums shouting just get in this picture smile you don't see all of that you just see the the end polished product which isn't life and it makes us feel like shit it makes us feel like absolute shit so for me as hard as it is I want to break that cycle of toxic positivity and being the good girl and being feeling like I'm responsible for other people's feelings and like oh I can't do that because I'm gonna make mummy sad oh I've made mummy sad again like I don't want my children to think that they need to be constantly making people happy where the people pleasing comes in where putting their own needs comes second I don't want them to be a good girl I want them to be all of them so Another thing I wanted to talk to you about is plasters. <laughs> random, random. But I want to talk to you about plasters. Kids love them. They always want them. And, you know, depending on your view of it, if you want a plaster, have a plaster. It's not a problem. But recently I only sort of realised what the plaster represents. And, like, my little girl, she... she um, we were out and she fell over and scraped her knee and it was scraped it, oh mummy and she was really upset mummy I want a plaster I want a plaster and I didn't have one on me I says okay we'll go home and get a plaster we go and some a random person had just said you don't need a plaster you're all right you're okay that's no you're big and strong and brave come on you're all right you're all right and we got home and I gave her the plaster and she said thank you mummy I said just okay darling but what I realised that that plaster meant I believe you. And that is fucking powerful. If you stop and think about that for a minute. When someone's saying, you don't need that, you're alright, you're alright, and they're feeling hurt. Me giving her that plaster says, I believe you. I see you. So, like, plasters are like emotional support buddies. You know, like, they, they just bring comfort to our kids. And you're not going to make your child weak or needy if you give them a plaster it's your choice ultimately but for me they can have a plaster whenever they want one and I know like we should say the plaster we really need them I do understand that you can't just give out plasters willy-nilly and you know I won't give a plaster if they really really don't need one I'll think of something else or I'll distract or whatever but actually acknowledging it's oh darling that looks sore ouch 
oh yeah I'm sorry that happened oh poor you yeah I, that's happened to me before and it really hurts doesn't it again you're not going to make them weak or um, fragile by acknowledging them in pain because again it says I believe you I can see that oh we don't need to distract them we don't need the, to stop them from experience this pain or discomfort you don't need to save them from that they need to experience that and be held and, and have space held for them in that moment they are going to have and experience difficult times and pain in their life you can't protect them from it but you can be with them in it and you can show empathy and you can acknowledge what's happening I see you oh ouch yeah or it means that they can trust that they can share how they really feel with me because I'm not shaming them or I'm not trying to change the reality of what's just happened you know like and in terms of getting them ready for the real world like we're already in the real world they're already experiencing you know difficult things but how much easier is it going to be for them if they trust their own feelings and reactions to what's going on around them if they're not if they're experiencing exactly what they're experiencing then that makes their intuition and their inner knowing build and strengthen so when somebody is asking too much of them when somebody is maybe taking too much of them you know they're gonna realize that a lot quicker and have better boundaries by saying actually no what I feel matters and I don't want to do that you know they're not going to attach themselves to people because they're, st they're looking for that unconditional love that they look for in like their peers when they become teenagers and you know they're not going to look for it in partners or um, other people to validate them if we can do that for them now so it is really important it seems like such a small thing but I think it's so so powerful and again like we don't need to distract them with biscuits or sweets to stop them from crying you know there's nothing wrong with giving them a snack and comfort in them but it can create these unhealthy attachments with like food and needing things to soothe them when I say to them it's okay for you to cry it's okay for you to scream it's okay for you to um feel everything you're feeling that gives me that's me giving them permission to feel it too and know that they're going to be able to get out of it the other end it's going to pass nothing nothing is the same forever like but bad things never last forever but it's knowing that they're in a tunnel and they're going to get through it and tunnels are coming it just it builds that resilience and it builds that strength within them for their own worth and their own abilities to get through things you know just being like this is really this is really shit this is rubbish that you're going through but it will pass that's a life skill and having their intuition to feel something is is powerful for them it's going to serve them in the long run they're going to know where to go they're going to have that that strong will that they have been born with it's going to continue in their life without us needing to suppress it or tone it down you know I don't care what other people think of 
my child's reaction. She's allowed to feel whatever she wants to feel. And as I said, I'm gonna, I've had difficult conversations with people. I have disagreements with people on this and that's totally fine. The most important thing in any of that is that how I have to hold myself first. I have to parent myself first. I have to be conscious of what my inner child's doing. What my ego is doing. What need I'm trying to meet by controlling my child or to stifle this tantrum or to threaten. You're not having this if you carry on. You carry on, I'm taking this away. You know, like I hear myself do that and I think, shit, 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 shit. Don't want to do it. I don't want to threaten. I think we've all done it. I still do it. I catch myself and I think, oh, fuck. It, I, you know, it fell out of my mouth I, and I think, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. Purely because it doesn't feel good and it makes me feel like I have to use those techniques, you know, fear and forcing and threatening and that doesn't feel good to me yes there are times when we're really up against it and that sort of thing comes out but it's just being conscious of it and going shit I use that tactic again and I don't want to use that again but for me the validating and also the the wiggle room in terms of they want something okay they're really feeling passionate about something they want so much so that they are kicking off to, to let you know they're feeling passionate about it. Right now, that can't happen. I can, let's, let's work with this. Okay, you really want this, you can't have it now, but maybe we can do that tomorrow. Or maybe um, at the weekend, we'll go and do that. Or whatever it is. It also teaches them that if they want something, they really want something and they're told no, they don't have to take no for an answer. You know, there is wiggle room, there's ways around it. If this is, if they're saying no here, I'm gonna try another way, or I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if we can negotiate in that. That's another life skill, you know? I have not gone after things because I've been told no, and I've believed no, and I believed that I wasn't good enough, and I wasn't worthy of certain things. And I don't want that for my children, I don't want that for my girls, especially as women. We're told who we have to be, what we have to do, in so many ways and I want them to trust and go after their dreams and know that things are possible. There is room for negotiation, you know? We don't have to be so strict because when we start to be strict and, and we're using those, those tactics, our kids become scared to tell us about things. Like, I don't know about you, but when my girls are grown and they're out and they something's happened and they're scared they don't know who to ring I want them to go to ring me and say mum I fucked up mum this has happened and for me to go okay where are you I'm coming I want them to run to me not run away from me because they fear I'm not going to love them or I'm going to judge them or I'm going to punish them for bad judgment or or mistakes that we all make especially when we're experiencing a more freedom we push boundaries do make poor choices sometimes we all do you know I can't judge because I've also fucked up I've always also made mistakes you know it's gonna happen and again you know we need boundaries but conscious parenting isn't about letting them get the way of everything conscious parenting is simply I'm curious 
about where and why you were reacting like this and I'm conscious of what is going on inside of me and I'm going to hold myself in this moment. I'm going to keep my cool as much as I can. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to walk away at this moment. I'm going to do my deep breathing. I'm going to just give myself a second. And in that moment, you just create space to have another option. So the tip I want to give you today is if the threatening and the threat of punishment and the I'm going to take this away if you don't listen, stop that. If that doesn't feel good to you and you want to try another technique, what I've been doing and I've found really effective is to focus on what they do want. Do you want to watch Blue before we go to bed? Then you need to eat your dinner up, come on. What episode are we going to watch? Oh, I like that one too, that's a good one. Focusing on what they really, really want is so much more motivating than threatening to take things away from them. You have to get creative with this. What is going to motivate you more? Being told and shamed or being threatened or almost the dangling carrot, like, you know, that they can actually have, you know? So just just a shift of your perspective, you know, motivating them for what they want it's going to get you faster, happier results. Don't forget the wiggle room. And another thing that's worked really well for us at the moment is if it's dinner time, I mean, if you have those children that eat, oh, I'm, oh, well done. Congratulations. I love seeing kids eat. I love seeing them enjoying their food. And if your kids are like mine, where they need constant prompting, come on down and eat up, come on, keep eating, and it's just, it feels like a battle each time, and they're not sitting on their chair, like, sit up, sit on your seat, come on, eat now, if it feels like that, I've introduced wiggle breaks, so wiggle breaks are when they're not able to sit still, okay, do you need a wiggle break, okay, then up you get, do a wiggle break, and we've made it a fun thing, so they will wiggle around the dinner table and I'll count down from 10, I'll go 10, 9, 8, 7, and by one they need to be back in their chair. It's adding in that fun and that playfulness is the key to getting them to do what you want them to do and they have fun doing it. You know, like, it's really hard. Threatening and punishment is the go-to. It's the easiest thing to say. And it is harder to think of something that they want. But when you are conscious of what can be a healthy motivator, it just makes such a difference. So they are my top tips for this week. I hope they help. Let me know. Um, Drop me a comment. Um, Reach out. I'd love to know what you thought. Um, If you are struggling with um, your own self-parenting in those moments and you're losing your shit constantly and you just feel constantly overwhelmed and you're beating yourself up please go to my website go to the shouting mums club on instagram have a look in my bio please download the free mindset workbook have a look at what your internal language is doing for you have a look at what your mental focus is focusing on have a look at how your physiology your 
uh, posture, have a look at your breathing, have a look at all those things that you are doing and maybe you're not conscious of them because we live, <laughs> there's a lot of subconscious stuff going on, but when we can realize and become aware of how we are sabotaging ourselves, we then have the power to take back our control. We get to take back how we want to do things, the way we want to do them and break cycles of not enoughness, you know, and empower our children and inspire them to be all they can be. There is no good or bad. They are enough exactly as they are. And so are you. So go and check out that workbook, sign up for it, download it, it'll come straight into your email print it off but I've also made it fillable because who's got time to print stuff so you can do it on your phone you can just type directly into it but look at those exercises they are there to empower you they are there to make you rethink some of the more toxic habits we've all fell into over our lives so sending you so much love if you enjoyed this podcast and you know a shouting mum that you think could benefit from it please send it on if you hashtag no mum left behind didn't enjoy it don't worry about it it's totally fine sending you so much love see you next time bye